broadcasting on the web yeshiva and Facebook at the same time really makes me feel like a different person. In any event, the parsha of this week is Vayishlach, and we'll introduce our study of the parsha of Vayishlach. We have a sheet. It's on the second side of the sheet. And the Pasuk in Perikud Bet, Pasuk Vav. Perikud Bet is the beginning of the parsha of Lech Lecha. We'll get to the parsha of Vayishlach. But uh, the Pasuk, the Pasuk is Vayavor Avraham Ba'aretz, Ad Mekom Shechem. You remember when Avraham Avinu came to Eretz Kinaan, the first place he went to was Shechem. First place he went to was Shechem. And Ad Alon Moreh, Aknani Az Ba'aretz. He came to a place called Alon Moreh, and then the Pasuk tells us that there were still Canaanites in the, in the land. The Ramban, looking at this pasuk, felt that there has something, he had something to clear up. There's something he didn't want people to think that he hadn't noted and that he didn't have a way of dealing with that. And that question is this, Abraham I want to tell you something that is going to be applicable to all the stories that are told about Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. What in the yeshiva world they call a yisod, a basic principle which will help us to understand. Well, what's the problem that we're supposed to try to understand? So the Ramban says, says, this is a big deal, a great principle. And it's mentioned in the earlier uh, masters, the Rishonim, not the Rishonim, the Tanaim, and it's quoted, I'm quoting it from the Tanchuma, which is a Midrash, whatever had to happen to the Avot, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, somehow has implications for the banim. And that's why the psukim, the, the written word in the Torah, tells these stories at length. Like, for example, Chafirata Be'irot, Yitzchak, and all the things that seem to us to be mikre. Mikre means accident, accident. Something that just happened, but it doesn't have a great purpose. So from this line, we understand what it is that the Ramban was trying to explain to us. So what the Ramban was trying to explain to us was that or tried to help us to understand was that a lot of the things in the in the uh, in the psukim a lot of the things in the psukim really um, don't seem to be that important to us i mean they don't teach us anything i mean avram had wells and yitzhak and they closed them up and they reopened them again you know so there was not always peace in the in avram's 
uh, land in uh, Eretz Canaan. I mean, what am I supposed to learn from that? So you have to remember, you have to remember that the Ramban in his introduction, the Ramban in his introduction to to the to, his, to the Torah, not not his introduction to the his perush on the Torah, but his introduction to the Torah. At the end of that introduction, he also says, "Why do I have to know all these things? Why do I have to know all these things about Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov?" So that the the question itself is instructive. That means he agreed that somebody could read the Chumash. Certainly, the book of Breshit, but not only the book of Breshit. You read the Chumash and come to the conclusion that it, it just doesn't talk to me. If it's a mitzvah, if the Torah contains a mitzvah acts, of course it's talking to me. Even if I can't do that mitzvah, either I can't do it right now or I can't do it because I'm not a Kohen, nevertheless, I'm committed to the, the totality of the mitzvot. Even if I personally don't do the mitzvot, I'm committed to them. The Matan Torah and Kabbalata Torah was, was general. It, it applied to everything. Everybody, and women, for example, women, who are not obliged to do mitzvot, they're not obliged to, to actually do the mitzvah, but they accepted the Torah. There's no doubt about that. They were standing at Har Sinai, they accepted the Torah, they didn't just accept the Torah that they're going to do that day. They accepted the Torah in its entirety. So that I understand. I understand why the Torah of the mitzvot is something that, that applies to me. Something that I have to, but, but stories. So the Ramban says in his introduction to the parish on the Torah, the Ramban says, look, there are, there are ethical positions taken in the stories and there is a kind of a, a description of goodness and lack of goodness and all of that and all of that according to the according to the Ramban is found in these stories but by the time he gets to Lech Lecha, <clears throat> right the chapter of Lech Lecha, that interpretation is no longer valid because what could you possibly learn from the fact that Yitzchak dug up the wells. I don't mean could you learn something from it, but I'm saying when you just read it simply, there are people who are going to read the Chumash simply and are going to relate to what it actually says. So the Ramban said, well, well, what is it? What is it that that statement contains? Why do I have to know that Avram Avinu went to Shechem? Why do I have to know that Akna'ani az ba'aretz? Why do I have to know any of these things? And if there is some hidden idea, why couldn't the Torah just tell it to me instead of making me look around like a like a weasel to find out the hidden, hidden material is? So the answer to the question is in the statement that Chazal said, which is, kol masha irala avot, Siman Libanim. The Avot had this power of creating a genetic reality for Am Yisrael. They created Am Yisrael. The love, the hate, the goodness, the lack of goodness, the charitableness, the lack of charity. It all comes from the Avot. It all comes from the Avot. We don't always see it. 
But if we think about it, if we think about it, that's what the Ramban says, we think about it, we'll, we'll understand it all better. And therefore he says, Therefore the Torah tells us why that the, they all went from one place to another place, the names of the places they came from, right, the, the, the list at the end of Bamidbar, and they and partially in Tvarim, he says he says Chafirota Beirotu Sha'ar Hamikrim. The word Mikre is the Hebrew word for accident. So it just happened. It wasn't planned. It wasn't supposed to happen. It just just happened. And that also, if you look into it, so if you look into the Torah very very well, and you have skills of interpretation you'll understand more about yourself by understanding more about the Avot. It's like a, a handbook of psychology that applies to Am Yisrael. Who are we? What is it? What, what feelings and intentions do I have that I should promote? And which should I kind of limit? So those things are found in, in the... Uh, in this uh, in in this uh, uh, study of what the avod did and when they went and what they uh, and goes on and he says he says vida vida he says there's another idea that I want to leave you with the Ramban says he called Zerot irin irin amalachim angels remember the angel. Uh, Yaakov sent Malachim to his brother Asa. That's in our parsha. So he says, "Kol gzerot irin, kasher teitzei mikol gzera el pol dimayon." He says, "There's a rule about prophecy. There's a rule about prophecy, and the rule about prophecy is that when a, a navi says something, he says, oh, you're going to get it. You're really going to get it, like the navi said in Ninveh." Remember Ninveh from Yom Kippur? Od Arbaim Yom Ninveh Nepachet, 40 days. In 40 days, Ninveh will be destroyed. Now, it was not destroyed. Ninveh was not destroyed. Why wasn't Ninveh destroyed? Because they did. They all did tshuva. All the people of Ninveh, even though they were not, uh, not Jews and not tied to the midst of tshuva, they all did tshuva and Ninveh was saved. In Nidway, we're saved. So that means that everything, even if a Navi tells you something, even if a Kodesh Baruch tells you something, it is limited by considerations of Sakhar Onish of reward and punishment. If a Kodesh Baruch says you're going to get something, and then you don't live up to the minimum standard, if a Kodesh Baruch says you're going to get Eretz Yisrael, it belongs to you, you're going to get it but you don't live up to the standard. So you might find yourself disappearing. You, you're sent into exile. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that God didn't keep the promise. It means that the promise was always a function of Sakhar Onesh. The Ramban brings up another function of prophecy. And he says, all the determinations of the angels, of the Nevi'im. He says, 
when when the Navi acts, he says this is going to happen, and then he does an action which kind of emphasizes that it's going to happen. So then, uh, So this gzera will be in place regardless. It's similar to what Yirmiyahu said. He, he spoke to his student, Baruch Ben-Neria. When you finish reading what's written on this book, Tikshor alav even means connected with a string to a stone. to throw it into the river. Prat Euphrates. and then say at the same time, Babel, the the the, uh, the nation of the Babylonians will sink into the water and disappear. So when the Navi does that. When the Navi does that, according to according to the Yirmiyahu, according to the Ramban's understanding, why did Yirmiyahu do that? Why did Yirmiyahu say throw the the book into the river, and that will be the end of of Bavel? Why wasn't it enough to just say that the, the end of Bavel is nigh? So the answer the answer is according to the Ramban, according to the Ramban that this. Action is what makes the prophecy immutable. But whenever that kind of action is not included in the prophecy, then we don't know. It depends on Sacharva Onesh. It depends on reward and punishment. Like, do we deserve the promise or have we rejected the promise by our own, uh, by our own actions? And so if we study the Avot and their travels and their actions, we learn more about ourselves and how it is that we should act because everybody understands that the mitzvot don't cover every situation that comes up. I mean, that every time you have to stand up, you have to do a mitzvah, that's not the case. What what has to happen is that just as the avot, just as the avot, I would say, and the avot, uh, uh, Chazal said the avot do kola Torah kula. So what does that mean? They do the whole Torah. The Torah hadn't been given yet. The Torah is, after all, is after all the way a person should live. It's the good way to live. So the avot had an intuition about what goodness was, what God wanted, and they applied that intuition, they applied that intuition to themselves. They were able to say about themselves, what are we to do? How are we to act? What is it that we are obliged? So so from that point of view, Chazal said, oh, they knew they knew it all. So if we study the Avot, the Rabban, the Rabban's position, we study the Avot, we'll know how to live, because we'll know who we are. We'll know who we really are, because the Avot have kind of inculcated us with ideas and with standards 
and 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 those things those are the things that really that really matter so that's what the ramban wrote when he started out talking about abraham talking about abraham he said he said you have to remember it's not that it's going to be repeated but it produces a personality it produces a genetic pattern and that's who we are we are the avot incarnate and therefore we have to look into the matter carefully to find out who we are as everybody as everybody would say if you look at the bottom of that page the bottom of that page now there's a pasuk in parakafe pasuk of gimel vayoma hashem la rivka was having difficulty with her pregnancy she was in pain she was suffering her her, 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 her pregnancy and so akadosh baruch said to her there were two nations draining around in your stomach and your womb also two nations two different two different ones they'll come out of your your innards and there'll be a, a distinction or be a difficulty one nation another nation the rabbi of Utair and the older one will serve the younger one. Uh, like, like you don't know what exactly what she's talking about. And certainly what was it that Rivka was supposed to understand from this? But, I mean she could understand that the pain doesn't come because the pregnancy is going wrong. The pain comes from the fact that it's like a pregnancy of twins, which sometimes I imagine could be could be difficult. So the Ramban and that pasuk, right? We're talking now. We're talking about Yitzchak. Before we were talking about Abraham. Now we're talking about Yitzchak. So Yitz. So the Ramban says, "Stam shnego yim bevitech, hodiyala shalotefachet." God told her that she should not be afraid. I mean, she was davening. She wanted to get pregnant. She wanted to have uh, have children. Ki ba'avu shahitam uberet toomim. This all comes because what did he tell? What did God tell Rivka? Look, you have twins. Twins are more difficult. Twins that can cause pain. That's why. That's why she's running around. You feel it in your in your stomach. Because that's the way of pregnancy. You see the Ramban? It's reasonable to say that God added on that the reason, an added reason for the pain that she has is because of the twins that she's carrying, well, they hate each other. Asav bitchilat yitzirat, asu bitchilat yitzirata beriva, remez lemashe ye, benehembasov. This is the beginning, and the beginning of their existence. They were just embryos. In the womb, they were already fighting with each other 
ולהתשווה רמז למה שיהיה ביניהם בסוף. ואתה ינוחו ותמצא ממנו מנוח כשקט לנפשה. And so now, now she knows, she knows that, that there's a fight going on, a real fight, not just a fight about space in the womb, but a fight about what's going to be in the future. So this told Rivka that there'll be a future, even though the future will be difficult. So it calmed her down. So again, you see, when it comes to the level of Yitzchak, I mean, Yitzchak's not involved in this particular this particular pasuk, but on that level, there's this idea again that what was true in the beginning of things remains true, remains true. The third, the third Ramban, the third Ramban is uh, is at the top of page two, right? Top of page two, the Ramban writes a hakdama. Akdama is an introduction. It was before he explains the psukim that relate to, to the meeting of Yaakov and Esau. Remember, Yaakov is coming back from a long period of time that he was with Lavan, and he's coming back with wives and children and son and bakar. And he's coming. He's not coming back with an army. He's coming back with an unwieldy group, an unwieldy group that would have difficulty standing up against the army that Esau brought with him. I mean, whatever Yaakov does, he's not going to be able to win in a battle. He's not going to be able to win at all. But you see that Yaakov came up with this idea, a little strange, that he would divide up the group into two parts. And that if one part was attacked, the other part might escape. Why he thought that that would happen is not clear to me. Why would the other part escape? Or why wouldn't he just go and do battle with the other part as well? I mean, after all, you have a civilian group standing up against an army, an armed group. But generally, in such a situation, I mean, the civilian group is not going to win. So let's so so the Ramban, when he came to explain this parasha. He came to explain the parasha of this encounter between Yaakov and Esau. He wrote an introduction. Introduction means I'm not explaining the words, but I'm going to tell you something that's important to know. The Ramban, in the Ramban itself, in many printed editions, the Ramban, it says, as it does on the sheet, Akdama de parashat vayishlach. Here's an introduction, introduction to Vayishlach. Okay. Rabban. Nechteva ha-parasha hazot. So you can have the same question. Why do I have to know all this about Yaakov and Esau? Isn't it enough to know that Yaakov came back and Esau agreed that he should come back to his old place. Esau had another place. He had wives. He had children. He was perhaps not so interested in what happened in the past. And all these years of being alone and setting up his his uh, operations, so to speak, it worked out fine. I mean, 
So the Ramban says, like, why do you need this parasha? Remember the first question we had when we learned the Ramban? Why? Why do you have to have these parashiyot in the Chumash? Because it's important that we know this, that God saved. God saved Yaakov and redeemed him from the one who was stronger than he was. And he sent an angel and he saved him. Because I said that was when he came back to Eretz Israel, you know, they changed, the angels changed back again. As in the beginning of the parasha, the angels changed back. So the angels who protected him in Chutzlaretz were taken over by the angels of Eretz Israel. So the first thing that we learn is that God saved him. And what you mean, like God intervened. That's something that we learn. And we learn also, and this is something that we should learn, that, he, that Yaakov was not certain that he deserved to be redeemed. That if he had thought that he was deserving of salvation and that there's no doubt that God would save him, so then, uh, then he, he wouldn't have done anything. He wouldn't have prepared because he was going to get redeemed. And in the story, there is something that is a hint for all the generations. In other words, that's us. Something that applies to us. Uh, he says that this is a permanent quality of our relationships. Like we we we're always going to be that way. It's always going to be us against Asaph. There's always going to be difficulty, right? And that's you know the Rambam, the Rambam in his description of Yemota Mashiach. Yemota Mashiach, the Rambam says in two places, right? The end of Hilchot Shuva. At the end of Hilchot Lachim, the Rambam says, you know, it's not going to be any different. The world is not going to change, but the political situation will change. The people who used to hate us and, and try to act on that hate will be reformed. They won't hate us anymore. That the Rambam thought that's the messianic year. What could you think about that could be better than that? For the Rambam, nothing. And he says, he says, that's Yaakov and Esau. That's what it says here in the Ramban. And we should we should kind of accept that the tzaddik, in this case Yaakov Avinu, was teaching us. What we should be, what should we should be doing? Shloshadat varim, 
שהזמינו את עצמו לתפילה, לדורון, להצלה בדרך מלחמה. ויעקב אבינו prepared himself for this encounter. In these three ways he had תפילה, and he brought presents for Esau, and מלחמה. Those are the three things he prepared for, לברוח, to run away perhaps and to be saved. Right? And, and Rabotenu saw this impl- implied from this parasha, as I will mention again, again and again. So at least the Ramban asked the question. The question was, what do I have to know these things? And the answer is, why do I have to know the things that are sort of categorized as uh, non, non-halachic, non-vital, non-repetitious, non, you know, not something that if I, if I would spend my time learning a few more simanim in the Shulchan Aruch, I would be better off. The Ramban says, says that introspection comes from comparison. You can't be introspective if you don't have anything to hold up against your own introspection. So that's what the Book of Breshit, especially, but not only the Book of Breshit, but now we're talking about Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. That's really the Book of Breshit. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are the template that I hold up in front of my eyes when I think about the questions of who I should be, how I should be. So there are things that that I am the way I am because of Avraham, something because of Yitzchak, and some things because of, of Yaakov. As far as Avraham is concerned, Avraham was the one who taught me that sometimes and sometimes you have to act uh, with your own uh, abilities, your own ability to analyze. Avraham Avinu had the, he had the question, should he go to Mitzrayim? After all, Mitzrayim would be a, uh, a source of food and there was a famine in the land. And he, on the, on the other hand, he was, he had a promise from a Kodesh Baruch that he would inherit the land, but Avraham Avinu said about himself, he said, I don't know who I am. I don't know if I am that righteous person that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised the land to, so I'm going to go down and take care of myself. So you see, sometimes you can't depend on the fact that you might consider yourself to be righteous. Yitzchak, he had a different challenge. Yitzchak's challenge was, I mean, after all, when the famine came to Yitzchak, so Yitzchak said, uh, Yitzchak said, what should I do? I mean, there's a promise. But on the other hand, it's reasonable that I should do what my father did. And HaKadosh Baruch said to Yitzchak, no, you don't go, you stay. The famine won't affect you because you are that righteous person that, Yitzchak, that Avram was not sure about. As Chazal said, you're the Olat Mima. You're the you're pure. You didn't ask why does God want to sacrifice me? 
You just said, if God wants to sacrifice me. So that's perfectly reasonable. That kind of righteousness does not come along easily. Yaakov, Yaakov was the person who really suffered in every way possible in the hope that Am Yisrael would learn that to overcome that suffering, you have to act accordingly. And so Yaakov, Yaakov uh, prepared. He prepared for every eventuality. He didn't assume that just because he was back in Eretz Canaan that God would take care of things for him. But he had to, he had to strike out on his own and do whatever it was that was uh, necessary. Okay. I'll see you again next week. All the best.